Tonight on the podcast, me and Mitch are going to be talking the rest of our conversation. We're talking about his movie. We're talking about the tour. We're talking about a lot of fun things. Hit me up on unsatpodcast at gmail.com and look forward to the Neela Perspective coming out soon. Thanks a lot. Ground country. You know that I pretty much have been following the same 15 bands since high school. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever bands I was listening to in high school, I have kept up with them their entire career, pretty much. And if they broke up, I waited for them to come back because they always come back. They come back. They love the fucking attention and the music. You got to do it. And it's the dude, I I, I get it. I totally understand. I'm not going to make fun of any of those bands for quitting and coming back. I get it. Yeah. Even when, like, we've been, we went on the the open heart tour back in late August. Yeah. And after we came back from that, we have not, I haven't even picked up a guitar since we came back from that. I just needed a break. I just yeah. needed, I just wanted to, cause I also, I had other stuff I had to work on, you know, yeah. like the movie, yeah. the unknown strangers film that pretty much has taken up all of my time now. And all of my focus has been working on getting this movie done. So talk about that a little bit. Well, unknown strangers. Uh, it's a movie that's written and directed by uh, my good buddy, Sharky, Chris Pinkston, Chris Pinkston. And uh, Sharky has been, and as you know, Sharky has been my right hand on anything film related. Uh, He's all about it. He's all in on that stuff. Yeah. It's for 11 years we've been working on stuff together. And, but he's always been my number two. He always has been my assistant director or, you know, my production manager, what have you. But he really wanted to write and direct his own film. And I'm like, dude, man, you come up with a good enough story and it's, you know, badass enough. I'll, I'll throw everything I have behind it. And yes, I'll, I'll do it as a producer and not even, you know, worry, but like you direct it, you write it. This is your show. I'll just make sure that your vision gets made. Are you acting and in it? At all? Yes. Yes. I am yeah. acting. I you like to act. Yes. I love it. And the character that I'm playing is my favorite type of character to play. Um, like me. God <laughs> like me. Uh, well, I'm playing the uh, the cannibal serial killer. Cannibal serial killer. So that's why Maggie said you were killing her on something. Yes. I guess you yes. of it. I did I didn't when she said that, I was like, okay. <laughs> i didn't didn't ask well the basis of the movie is the it's i I really like it it takes place during the zombie apocalypse yeah but it's not a movie that focuses on the zombies you know it's not it's not world war z it's not walking dead it's not day of the dead it's you only see the zombies two times in the entire movie Gotcha. Everything is just like the the zombie apocalypse is just the reason why the characters are coming together. You know, it's it's like the the blizzard and the hateful eight. It's just the reason why they all are stuck at the cabin. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good movie too. So, like this movie is the survivors of the zombie holocaust. 
they all have met at this plane hangar because they're trying to get this plane ready so they can fly to a secluded island away from all the craziness. And one of them amongst them is an escaped serial killer that, you know, because of all the chaos, got out of jail. And, yeah, and there's no way to vet nobody in this point. Yeah. And uh, sounds like an interesting I, premise. It's, it's really interesting. I like it. Uh, honestly, it's something that, yeah, I want to see it when it comes out. Just it's hear different. the premise. I want to hear it. It's different. It's, it's not like everything else. I'm not into killer movies either. I don't like them that much generally, but that sounds pretty interesting. Because, like, you know, originally the movie was going to be like this clue murder mystery where you're trying to figure out who the killer is. And what we found out in trying to write something like that is you end up being very redundant mm -hmm. and you end up repeating the same things over and over. And it doesn't make for a very interesting read. I'm sure maybe filmed it might be more interesting like clue was yeah but i mean and you know it just it just wasn't so we had to go a different route with it where well we'll just have the audience know who the killer is the whole time yeah the killer is but, the uh, guy the whole time so that's you you're the killer yes and I tell you this, uh, I did not know that chocolate could ever be disgusting, but that fake chocolate Kiro syrup, red food coloring, blood yeah. that they do for movies, absolutely disgusting. I've heard other celebrities tell me that before or have said that before. You know, you've heard that and they, they just hate that chocolate flavor now. Yeah, it's like I didn't and like how can you mess up chocolate? You know, it's it's one of the greatest things in the world, but somehow like this has I couldn't eat chocolate for a little bit after it. Like I'm I'm coming back around better to it now. Reminds like, me of that just, David Spade story I just heard. He was talking about doing B12 uh, as cocaine on some movie he did. You know, <laughs> I was watching the Norm Macdonald show the other day because you know Norm passed. Rest in peace. So. Yeah, man, that was a comic genius, man. Yep. I, I have been, I, you know, after he died, right before he died, I actually had been watching a bunch of stuff by him, uh, watched his comedy stand. He had one of the best Vegas prostitute jokes you'll ever hear. It's in his stand up. It's on <laughs> you Netflix. Know, the, big, the big catalog of Vegas prostitute jokes that you've there heard is over a, the years. There is a catalog. The best. There is a catalog of jokes, of uh, Vegas prostitute jokes, and his is probably the top of those. Uh, you know, underground comedians, especially, or comedians that aren't as famous, have a lot of those kind of jokes. But God, Norm, older comedians like Don Rickles and stuff like that would have those kind of jokes. So, and that's the thing that Norm, I guess he was old enough that he kind of bridged that. He got it to our generation, you know? Yeah, he those was old enough. Jokes. He was old enough to be old school funny, but young enough to be able to maneuver the waters. He didn't maneuver the waters, man. <laughs> he yeah, said, fuck yeah. them waters. <laughs> I mean, in comparison to other people, man, like, you didn't yeah, hear about Yeah, you throw Don Rickles in 2022, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah, I mean, you didn't hear Norm MacDonald in the news a whole lot for saying something that was a little too unquaffed for people. He did, though. He did do it. I think it's just people just gave him, because of how funny he was, they just gave him us. You know, he got fired from SNL over it. You know what I'm saying? He got fired from SNL for making OJ jokes. 
<laughs> you know, he was the first guy to get fired over making untoward yeah. jokes on SNL. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, he did. He did face demons over over his comedy. You know, but, but also think you know, I just never. There were never any. There was never any Me Too movement. There was never any. Look, Facebook I just think, I think with Norm, Norm McDonald, it was it wasn't going to stick. It wasn't yeah. going to stick because he didn't give a fuck. You know, it just wasn't going to stick with that guy. Yeah, he was too sarcastic in just his day to day talking for you to take him that seriously. If you if you get a minute, like, hey, watch his show. His his on Netflix. He has a like a Tonight Show premised show on there. Mm-hmm. God, it's so funny, man. It's just him berating celebrities. <laughs> He's got Drew Barrymore on there. He's just telling these jokes that are going over her head every time they go over her head. <laughs> Wait, would she be there, like, in front of him and she's making She's the at jokes the of- desk. <laughs> she's oh, at the desk. Genius. It's genius. He's making these jokes that he just knows are going to, you know, because his timing is so weird. So he's making these jokes that are just flying overhead. It's worth a listen. I, I think the last you. thing. Oh, go go for it. No, you go ahead. You were talking about Norm so, still. The last thing I remember seeing him on that I just absolutely thought was hilarious was uh, on My Name Is Earl. Whenever he played the son of uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. So so he got to play his Burt Reynolds characters from Saturday Night Live <laughs> as, as the son of Burt Reynolds. But yeah, uh, he was but really anyway. good with that character. So I was going to ask you about some of their uh, tour stories, man. I know you got some from this last tour. I wanted to get to you right after the tour. We hadn't been able to sit down together. Yeah. I learned how to do Zoom. Well, the last tour, the Open Heart 2021 tour, it taught me a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed that, you know, 35 and I'm still, everything's still a teachable moment. And if you're not learning stuff still, and no matter what age you are, you know, you're kind of you're kind of wasting your time. But try, you got to try to learn something every day, man. My, my, my grandma is 85 and she still works full time. Yeah. And she says, I said, why don't you retire? She goes, I'll, I'll die when I retire. You know, when I stop thinking and start learning, I'll die. You know, that's the way she thinks. But uh, and, you know, I had I had some people kind of I, I don't to be honest, at this point in time, I don't really want to go too big into the details but i uh i had some close friends of mine that i never ever thought would do me dirty do me dirty yeah and like left me stranded after day two and thankfully and luckily for us the the other two bands on the tour beaver and stuck on 45 were more than uh, accommodating uh and they helped us out the whole time. So we turned something that was negative into a positive. I like but, that Beaver band. Those guys are cool. Dude, those dudes, like touring with them was as wild as you would think it would yeah. be. Cause I mean, those cats, they got like the guitar player and bass player got into a fist fight second night. Like, yeah. out, like, I think in the hotel. Remember, like, remember whenever you and Kyle almost got into a fist fight in the hotel room, or in the hotel parking lot. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, picture this, but two non-Christian young boys loaded to the gills with alcohol, deciding, 
fuck you. No, fuck you. No, fuck you for real. In the and real then, fight. Like it wasn't me and yes. Kyle pushing each other around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this was this was this was no pushes. This was straight to blows. Yeah. Like picture more of the fist fight me and you had in 2007 in the practice room. That was a pretty good little fight. So picture that, fight. but and uh it was what I loved about Beaver was they kind of t- kept their own schedule. Like whenever the rest of us were getting ready to head to Shreveport, even though they had stayed up all night drinking the night before, they were already up and at the casino in Shreveport by the time I'd gotten <laughs> over to meet with the other bands. So, <laughs> they're like, Where's Beaver at? Oh, man, like, two hours. <laughs> man, Beaver left at like 6 a.m., man. Like they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much sleep did they get probably about two or three hours man like they're probably they're gonna, still wasted they're gonna go down hard at some point right before the show but uh and so like that was the second night in Shreveport and I got hurt pretty bad that second night in Shreveport yeah um we were supposed to be uh at touring with uh, bands from Open Heart Records, which is my record label, and uh, Beaver and Stuck on 45 were the two newest add-ons to the label, and we were going to be working on recording a new EP for Stuck on 45 while we were doing the tour. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, very, very ambitious. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. So one of the things that we had come up with was um, my booking agent, uh, Brendan Pueblo, he knew the people that owned the 516 soundstage. You remember that place? From I back do in the remember day? that place, yeah. And they've been working on doing renovations on it, or else that's what he place told we couldn't me. get into. We never could get in there, huh? No, we played there three times, man. Did we play there? It's go go on my YouTube page and watch our one method yeah, I tour. I don't remember exactly what place it was. I can't remember what place it was then. I'm thinking of a different place. I think it was mojos i'm thinking of bear yeah mojos is where i could we couldn't get in the girl was like yeah i'm getting y'all in and then she i yeah, actually the one show in. i ever booked for us she she double booked with uh dustin's yeah. band i remember that so the, anyway so we were playing at the q tavern in bozier city and the plan was was for after beaver got done playing them and stuck on 45 were going to drive over to the 516 soundstage set up the drum sets, set up the mics and start working on recording drums while us and another band finished out the night. And then after we finished out the night and got paid and everything, we were going to come over to 516, bring the money, bring some beer and food and hang out and party at the yellow 516 while we finished recording five songs on drums, which if, if you're just there to get drums, five songs, I felt like it was a very feasible goal, you know, like. I don't know. Coming from a drummer standpoint, that's a long night, man. (laughs) I mean, if you're trying to get it perfect, if you're trying to get every lick just right, I mean, that's a long night. We weren't doing it click track style. It was going to be, it was going to be the guitar player hooks up into the system too. And they play together and they're a punk band with their average song is like two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. So we felt like they could at least get five songs in one night. Hell, they could probably get it in 30 minutes if they just went straight through, you know. And because they had just got done playing a show, 
everybody felt confident that the drummer would have been warmed up enough to just, you know, knock him out. May have been too exhausted after playing well, a show. Well, it, they're like, once again, they're only playing a 30-minute set, so it's not like they're playing all night, you know, and then has to go track drums again. To me, it seemed very doable. Yeah. Maybe I was naive. So you're, you you did this on the 130 Glasses album, too. You were like, no, we're doing a whole album. <laughs> we really had time for about two or three songs. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want hey, did lot, we or man. did we not get that album done? In that yeah, weekend? we got it, but I, I don't <laughs> So, <laughs> but where everything went awry was because I had some other issues I was dealing with at the venue while Stuck on 45 and Beaver were gone that were pretty big issues. But so whenever I made my way over to the 516 soundstage, I was already in a pretty bad mood to begin with. Yeah. And, and you know me, it's very hard to get me in a bad mood. You know, like... Yeah, I'm I do know that about you. I'm usually pretty fun-loving. I usually see the positive side and everything. And this was just not one of those situations. You were like, so, the drum should have been finished before I got here. God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, this, you know, whenever I got there, no one was there. It was just Ringo and my band. Wow. And, and I'm like, where the hell is everyone? Why aren't the drums set up? I figured y'all would at least have one song done by now. And uh, they showed me what the inside of the 516 soundstage looked like at that point, which was something that I did not know coming into this. He's, you remember that place. I couldn't recognize it. Didn't look like it used to. It, it, looked, like, it looked like a village of meth heads had lived in there for a year. Probably what happened. I mean, it was really bad. Like you could have filmed a, a sequel for Spun in that mood in that place. So, and it was also like ten degrees hotter than it was outside, which would have been like a hundred and ten degrees, yeah. you know. And so once so the I was like, screw all this, huh? And I get it, you know. At the time, I didn't. At the time, I was angry, but then you know, like. I'm looking around in there and I'm like, where were they going to set up to begin with? You know, like where, where's a good outlet at, you know, like yeah. the outlets have been ripped out. You All know? the coffers like, gone from here. <laughs> yeah. And so also keep in mind that we did not plan to sleep anywhere else. Uh. So, so you know Chris, the drummer for the Mitch Lang band. Yeah, he's a lot like me. He was like, fuck all this, probably. He was hot to trot. That I was, can imagine. I, that's that the kind was, of shit. That is the shit that makes me angry in touring right there. That's the stuff that makes me go, I fucking hate every minute of this shit. Because the guy that opened the door for us took us all to the, took us all to the roof. And he had these army cots on the roof. And there he's like, go. all right, here's where y'all sleep. Mosquito time. <laughs> I bet Chris was like, let me get my shit and go to the fucking house. <laughs> Chris was like, I mean, he was like, I can get an Uber to make it back to my house. 
<laughs> pay $150 for an Uber. <laughs> so I got so stressed out about the whole ordeal that I had to kind of separate myself from the whole situation and take a walk yeah, and just like breathe, calm myself down, think, what am I going to do? So I make my way down from the roof to the second floor. And if you remember from the second floor to the first floor, it's like a 16 foot gap. Don't you remember that? Like how high that. Yeah. I kind of remember that. Yeah. So I'm on the second floor, which is a particularly rough looking floor. Cause this was obviously where the meth had slept, you know, yeah. that's why you and had to sleep on the roof. Cause that's where they were going to sleep tonight. <laughs> so I'm walking around with my, with just my little camera flashlight, you know, that's what oh, I'm God. using to, to see where I'm going. And I do not see this hole that's in the floor. And I just step right into this hole and like I come falling down my side and my right elbow crash into the, the, the floor. And that's what initially braces me with enough time to get my left elbow down. So I stop myself from continuing to fall down the hole. Yeah. Which once again is a 16 foot drop. So my feet are just dangling 16 feet in the ceiling. Yeah. As I'm trying to pull, use my upper body strength to pull myself out. And I can't even scream for help because everybody's on the roof freaking out about having to sleep in the meth den. So I'm just completely screwed down there. But thankfully I get out and they come and, you know, we get a hotel room. And what was so funny is, so, you know, Chris is already in a bad mood, right? Yeah. Uh, He ends up paying for the room. Oh, that made him real happy. So he's just because he's so angry about the whole situation, he's just ready to go to bed. That's all he wants is just to yeah, go to sleep. Reasonable. And you know me, I go, I can sleep anywhere, any any place, any position. Oh, oh don't I know it? <laughs> Look at that baby toe right there. <laughs> but uh, I go right to sleep. But uh, Ringo, the guy that's filled in on base for us on this tour, yeah, he's one of those guys that likes to talk all the Uh time yeah and so he's sitting there and he's talking to sharky who is he's still awake and wired from all the craziness that's happened so he's nowhere near going to sleep so they're just sitting there talking i'm out chris is over there in that bed just stewing listening to all this i can just dude i'm I'm a spirit animal man i can feel it i can feel like i'll just punch a hole through a wall right now man so you can (laughs) You can envision that, and this baby's laughing about it, too. Hey, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so finally, uh, in the middle of the night, he finally just says, fuck it, and he gets up, he throws the covers back. Now, I don't see all this. This is something that they all tell me about later. you're asleep snoring, probably. Oh, yeah. Piss, pissing him off, too. <laughs> That's not helping. That's not helping. <laughs> so he gets up, goes straight to the fridge where we've had beer stashed, Opens up the fridge, pulls a beer out, cracks it open, downs it in just one sitting. Just gulp, 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 gulp. It's on now. Throws it down and goes and sits beside Ringo and Sharky's like, all right, guys, what are we talking about? Oh, no, no. I'm here now. Let's see what we got to talk about until four in the goddamn morning. What's so important, guys? Come on. Let me know. Jesus. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lucky he didn't just go to swinging, man. Because I think I would have just went to swinging. <laughs> he went this sarcastic route. Yeah, good for Chris. He took the he took the big man road out. <laughs> I yeah. don't go that way. I'd have broke a lamp or something. I, 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 that's I'm too old. My my work the other day suggested, hey, you guys could double up on a room and you'd save some money and you'd be able to put a little money in your pocket. I said, f that, man. I'm not sleeping with another life. grown man. You know, I'm not sleeping with another grown man in my room unless there's just no other option. <laughs> Only way I'm doing it. There's no other option because re- the reality is it'd be two weeks of work of me not sleeping because I'm gonna be listening to another dude snore all night every night. When yeah. me and Greg were on tour, when we were on vacation, I, I started buying Greg a separate room. You know, because <laughs> Greg snores so bad, I started buying him a separate room. I it cost me like nine hundred extra dollars. But I was like, screw that, man. I'm not sleeping in a room. And I, I tell you, one thing that we did on the tour that I really wish that you would have been there for at least was, you know how we always talked about going on tours and camping? Yeah. Well, we actually got, we did that this time. In, like in we're, August? In August? Yeah. We had a lot of fun with that? We did, actually. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Because we were right there. Our, our camp spot was right there on the lake. So yeah. you had this cold breeze from the lake. That's not too bad. That, like right that, now is probably a good time to start thinking about camping now that it's getting yeah. a little cooler. It's still yeah. got another couple of weeks. So. And so, yes, it was hot, but it was not as hot as it had normally been. It was, it was still hot enough and cool enough that you could go to sleep in tent, you know? Yeah. Now you also got to keep in mind that uh, we were also all heavily drinking whiskey.